international short stories volume three french stories this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. recording by bruce peary international short stories volume three french stories compiled and translated by francis j reynolds jean gourdon's four days part one by emile zola spring on that particular day at about five o'clock in the morning the sun entered with delightful abruptness into the little room i occupied at the house of my uncle lazare parish priest of the hamlet of dourgues a broad yellow ray fell upon my closed eyelids and i awoke in light my room which was whitewashed and had deal furniture was full of attractive gaiety i went to the window and gazed at the durance which traced its broad course amidst the dark green verdure of the valley fresh puffs of wind caressed my face and the murmur of the trees and river seemed to call me to them i gently opened my door to get out i had to pass through my uncle's room i proceeded on tiptoe fearing the creaking of my thick boots might awaken the worthy man who was still slumbering with a smiling countenance and i trembled at the sound of the church bell tolling the angelus for some days past my uncle lazare had been following me about everywhere looking sad and annoyed he would perhaps have prevented me going over there to the edge of the river and hiding myself among the willows on the bank so as to watch for babet passing that tall dark girl who had come with the spring but my uncle was sleeping soundly i felt something like remorse in deceiving him and running away in this manner i stayed for an instant and gazed on his calm countenance with its gentle expression enhanced by rest and i recalled to mind with feeling the day when he had come to fetch me in the chilly and deserted home which my mother's funeral was leaving since that day what tenderness what devotedness what good advice he had bestowed on me he had given me his knowledge and his kindness all his intelligence and all his heart i was tempted for a moment to cry out to him get up uncle lazare let us go for a walk together along that path you are so fond of beside the durance you will enjoy the fresh air and morning sun you will see what an appetite you will have on your return and babet who was going down to the river in her light morning gown and whom i should not be able to see my uncle would be there and i would have to lower my eyes it must be so nice under the willows lying flat on one's stomach in the fine grass i felt a languid feeling creeping over me and slowly taking short steps holding my breath i reached the door i went downstairs and began running like a madcap in the delightful warm may morning air the sky was quite white on the horizon with exquisitely delicate blue and pink tints the pale sun seemed like a great silver lamp casting a shower of bright rays into the durance and the broad sluggish river expanding lazily over the red sand extended from one end of the valley to the other like a stream of liquid metal 
to the west a line of low rugged hills threw slight violet streaks on the pale sky i had been living in this out-of-the-way corner for ten years how often had i kept my uncle lazare waiting to give me my latin lesson the worthy man wanted to make me learned but i was on the other side of the durance ferreting out magpies discovering a hill which i had not yet climbed then on my return there were remonstrances the latin was forgotten my poor uncle scolded me for having torn my trousers and he shuddered when he noticed sometimes that the skin underneath was cut the valley was mine really mine i had conquered it with my legs and i was the real landlord by right of friendship and that bit of river those two leagues of the durance how i loved them how well we understood one another when together i knew all the whims of my dear stream its anger its charming ways its different features at each hour of the day when i reached the water's edge on that particular morning i felt something like giddiness at seeing it so gentle and so white it had never looked so gay i slipped rapidly beneath the willows to an open space where a broad patch of sunlight fell on the dark grass there i laid me down on my stomach listening watching the pathway by which babet would come through the branches oh how sound uncle lazare must be sleeping i thought and i extended myself at full length on the moss the sun struck gentle heat into my back whilst my breast buried in the grass was quite cool have you never examined the turf at close quarters with your eyes on the blades of grass whilst i was waiting for babet i pried indiscreetly into a tuft which was really a whole world in my bunch of grass there were streets crossroads public squares entire cities at the bottom of it i distinguished a great dark patch where the shoots of the previous spring were decaying sadly then slender stalks were growing up stretching out bending into a multitude of elegant forms and producing frail colonnades churches virgin forests i saw two lean insects wandering in the midst of this immensity the poor children were certainly lost for they went from colonnade to colonnade from street to street in an affrighted anxious way it was just at this moment that on raising my eyes i saw babet's white skirts standing out against the dark ground at the top of the pathway i recognized her printed calico gown which was gray with small blue flowers i sunk down deeper in the grass i heard my heart thumping against the earth and almost raising me with slight jerks my breast was burning now i no longer felt the freshness of the dew the young girl came nimbly down the pathway her skirts skimming the ground with a swinging motion that charmed me i saw her at full length quite erect in her proud and happy gracefulness she had no idea i was there behind the willows she walked with a light step she ran without giving a thought to the wind which slightly raised her gown i could distinguish her feet trotting along quickly quickly 
and a piece of her white stockings which was perhaps as large as one's hand and which made me blush in a manner that was alike sweet and painful oh then i saw nothing else neither the durance nor the willows nor the whiteness of the sky what cared i for the valley it was no longer my sweetheart i was quite indifferent to its joy and its sadness what cared i for my friends the stories and the trees on the hills the river could run away all at once if it liked i would not have regretted it and the spring i did not care a bit about the spring had it borne away the sun that warmed my back its leaves its rays all its may morning i should have remained there in ecstasy gazing at babet running along the pathway and swinging her skirts deliciously for babet had taken the valley's place in my heart babet was the spring i had never spoken to her both of us blushed when we met one another in my uncle lazare's church i could have vowed she detested me she talked on that particular day for a few minutes with the women who were washing the sound of her pearly laughter reached as far as me mingled with the loud voice of the durance then she stooped down to take a little water in the hollow of her hand but the bank was high and babet who was on the point of slipping saved herself by clutching the grass i gave a frightful shudder which made my blood run cold i rose hastily and without feeling ashamed without reddening ran to the young girl she cast a startled look at me then she began to smile i bent down at the risk of falling i succeeded in filling my right hand with water by keeping my fingers close together and i presented this new sort of cup to babet asking her to drink the women who were washing laughed babet confused did not dare accept she hesitated and half turned her head away at last she made up her mind and delicately pressed her lips to the tips of my fingers but she had waited too long all the water had run away then she burst out laughing she became a child again and i saw very well that she was making fun of me i was very silly i bent forward again this time i took the water in both hands and hastened to put them to babet's lips she drank and i felt the warm kiss from her mouth run up my arms to my breast which it filled with heat oh how my uncle must sleep i murmured to myself just as i said that i perceived a dark shadow beside me and having turned round i saw my uncle lazare in person a few paces away watching babet and me as if offended his cassock appeared quite white in the sun in his look i saw reproaches which made me feel inclined to cry babet was very much afraid she turned quite red and hurried off stammering thanks monsieur jean i thank you very much as for me wiping my wet hands i stood motionless and confused before my uncle lazare the worthy man with folded arms and bringing back a corner of his cassock watched babet who was running up the pathway without turning her head then when she had disappeared behind the hedges 
he lowered his eyes to me and i saw his pleasant countenance smile sadly jean he said to me come into the broad walk breakfast is not ready we have half an hour to spare he set out with his rather heavy tread avoiding the tufts of grass wet with dew a part of the bottom of his cassock that was dragging along the ground made a dull crackling sound he held his breviary under his arm but he had forgotten his morning lecture and he advanced dreamily with bowed head and without uttering a word his silence tormented me he was generally so talkative my anxiety increased at every step he had certainly seen me giving babet water to drink what a sight oh lord the young girl laughing and blushing kissed the tips of my fingers whilst i standing on tiptoe stretching out my arms was leaning forward as if to kiss her my action now seemed to me frightfully audacious and all my timidity returned i inquired of myself how i could have dared to have my fingers kissed so sweetly and my uncle lazare who said nothing who continued walking with short steps in front of me without giving a single glance at the old trees he loved he was assuredly preparing a sermon he was only taking me into the broad walk to scold me at his ease it would occupy at least an hour breakfast would get cold and i would be unable to return to the water's edge and dream of the warm burns that babet's lips had left on my hands we were in the broad walk this walk which was wide and short ran beside the river it was shaded by enormous oak trees with trunks lacerated by seams stretching out their great tall branches the fine grass spread like a carpet beneath the trees and the sun riddling the foliage embroidered this carpet with a rosaceous pattern in gold in the distance all around extended raw green meadows my uncle went to the bottom of the walk without altering his step and without turning round once there he stopped and i kept beside him understanding that the terrible moment had arrived the river made a sharp curve a low parapet at the end of the walk formed a sort of terrace this vault of shade opened on a valley of light the country expanded wide before us for several leagues the sun was rising in the heavens where the silvery rays of morning had become transformed into a stream of gold blinding floods of light ran from the horizon along the hills and spread out into the plain with the glare of fire after a moment's silence my uncle lazare turned towards me good heavens the sermon i thought and i bowed my head my uncle pointed out the valley to me with an expansive gesture then drawing himself up he said slowly look jean there is the spring the earth is full of joy my boy and i have brought you here opposite this plain of light to show you the first smiles of the young season observe what brilliancy and sweetness warm perfumes rise from the country and pass across our faces like puffs of life he was silent and seemed dreaming 
i had raised my head astonished breathing at ease my uncle was not preaching it is a beautiful morning he continued a morning of youth your eighteen summers find full enjoyment amidst this verdure which is at most eighteen days old all is great brightness and perfume is it not the broad valley seems to you a delightful place the river is there to give you its freshness the trees to lend you their shade the whole country to speak to you of tenderness the heavens themselves to kiss those horizons that you are searching with hope and desire the spring belongs to fellows of your age it is it that teaches the boys how to give young girls to drink i hung my head again my uncle lazar had certainly seen me an old fellow like me he continued unfortunately knows what trust to place in the charms of spring i my poor jean i love the durance because it waters these meadows and gives life to all the valley i love this young foliage because it proclaims to me the coming of the fruits of summer and autumn i love this sky because it is good to us because its warmth hastens the fecundity of the earth i should have had to tell you this one day or other i prefer telling it you now at this early hour it is spring itself that is giving you the lesson the earth is a vast workshop wherein there is never a slack season observe this flower at our feet to you it is perfume to me it is labor it accomplishes its task by producing its share of life a little black seed which will work in its turn next spring and now search the vast horizon all this joy is but the act of generation if the country be smiling it is because it is beginning the everlasting task again do you hear it now breathing hard full of activity and haste the leaves sigh the flowers are in a hurry the corn grows without pausing all the plants all the herbs are quarrelling as to which shall spring up the quickest and the running water the river comes to assist in the common labor and the young sun which rises in the heavens is entrusted with the duty of enlivening the everlasting task of the laborers at this point my uncle made me look him straight in the face he concluded in these terms jean you hear what your friend the spring says to you he is youth but he is preparing ripe age his bright smile is but the gaiety of labor summer will be powerful autumn bountiful for the spring is singing at this moment while courageously performing its work i looked very stupid i understood my uncle lazare he was positively preaching me a sermon in which he told me i was an idle fellow and that the time had come to work my uncle appeared as much embarrassed as myself after having hesitated for some instants he said slightly stammering jean you were wrong not to have come and told me all 
as you love babet and babet loves you babet loves me i exclaimed my uncle made me an ill-humoured gesture eh allow me to speak i don't want another avowal she owned it to me herself she owned that to you she owned that to you and i suddenly threw my arms round my uncle lazare's neck oh how nice that is i added i had never spoken to her truly she told you that at the confessional didn't she i would never have dared ask her if she loved me and i would never have known anything oh how i thank you my uncle lazare was quite red he felt that he had just committed a blunder he had imagined that this was not my first meeting with the young girl and here he gave me a certainty when as yet i only dared dream of a hope he held his tongue now it was i who spoke with volubility i understand all i continued you are right i must work to win babet but you will see how courageous i shall be ah how good you are my uncle lazare and how well you speak i understand what the spring says i also will have a powerful summer and an autumn of abundance one is well placed here one sees all the valley i am young like it i feel youth within me demanding to accomplish its task my uncle calmed me very good jean he said to me i had long hoped to make a priest of you and i imparted to you my knowledge with that sole aim but what i saw this morning at the waterside compels me to definitely give up my fondest hope it is heaven that disposes of us you will love the almighty in another way you cannot now remain in this village and i only wish you to return when ripened by age and work i have chosen the trade of printer for you your education will serve you one of my friends who is a printer at grenoble is expecting you next monday i felt anxious and i shall come back and marry babet i inquired my uncle smiled imperceptibly and without answering in a direct manner said the remainder is the will of heaven you are heaven and i have faith in your kindness oh uncle see that babet does not forget me i will work for her then my uncle lazare again pointed out to me the valley which the warm golden light was overspreading more and more there is hope he said to me do not be as old as i am jean forget my sermon be as ignorant as this land it does not trouble about the autumn it is all engrossed with the joy of its smile it labors courageously and without a care it hopes and we returned to the parsonage strolling along slowly in the grass which was scorched by the sun and chatting with concern of our approaching separation breakfast was cold as i had foreseen but that did not trouble me much i had tears in my eyes each time i looked at my uncle lazare and at the thought of babet my heart beat fit to choke me i do not remember what i did during the remainder of the day i think i went and lay down under the willows at the riverside my uncle was right the earth was at work on placing my ear to the grass i seemed to hear continual sounds 
then i dreamed of what my life would be buried in the grass until nightfall i arranged an existence full of labor divided between babet and my uncle lazare the energetic youthfulness of the soil had penetrated my breast which i pressed with force against the common mother and at times i imagined myself to be one of the strong willows that lived around me in the evening i could not dine my uncle no doubt understood the thoughts that were choking me for he feigned not to notice my want of appetite as soon as i was able to rise from the table i hastened to return and breathe the open air outside a fresh breeze rose from the river the dull splashing of which i heard in the distance a soft light fell from the sky the valley expanded peaceful and transparent like a dark shoreless ocean there were vague sounds in the air a sort of impassioned tremor like a great flapping of wings passing above my head penetrating perfumes rose with the cool air from the grass i had gone out to see babet i knew she came to the parsonage every night and i went and placed myself in ambush behind a hedge i had got rid of my timidness of the morning i considered it quite natural to be waiting for her there because she loved me and i had to tell her of my departure when i perceived her skirts in the limpid night i advanced noiselessly then i murmured in a low voice babet babet i am here she did not recognize me at first and started with fright when she discovered who it was she seemed still more frightened which very much surprised me it's you monsieur jean she said to me what are you doing there what do you want i was beside her and took her hand you love me fondly do you not i who told you that my uncle lazare she stood there in confusion her hand began to tremble in mine as she was on the point of running away i took her other hand we were face to face in a sort of hollow in the hedge and i felt babet's panting breath running all warm over my face the freshness of the air the rustling silence of the night hung around us i don't know stammered the young girl i never said that his reverence the cure misunderstood for mercy's sake let me be i am in a hurry no no i continued i want you to know that i am going away to-morrow and to promise to love me always you are leaving to-morrow oh that sweet cry and how tenderly babet uttered it i seem still to hear her apprehensive voice full of affliction and love you see i exclaimed in my turn that my uncle lazare said the truth besides he never tells fibs you love me you love me babet your lips this morning confided the secret very softly to my fingers and i made her sit down at the foot of the hedge my memory has retained my first chat of love in its absolute innocence babet listened to me like a little sister she was no longer afraid she told me the story of her love and there were solemn sermons ingenious avowals projects without end 
she vowed she would marry no one but me i vowed to deserve her hand by labor and tenderness there was a cricket behind the hedge who accompanied our chat with his chaunt of hope and all the valley whispering in the dark took pleasure in hearing us talk so softly on separating we forgot to kiss each other when i returned to my little room it appeared to me that i had left it for at least a year that day which was so short seemed an eternity of happiness it was the warmest and most sweetly scented spring day of my life and the remembrance of it is now like the distant faltering voice of my youth end of jean gourdon's four days part one by emile zola